Hi everyone and welcome to episode 12 of an Inside View podcast with on the ball team building. Again, recording from our base here on the Dingle Prince land, uh, beautiful, uh, it's actually quite wet at the moment, um, County of Kerry. I hope you all had lovely enjoyable weeks since our last podcast. Look, if this is your first time listening to, to us, please do go back and have a listen to episode one. Please do rate, review, and tell your family, friends about this podcast too. Look, we'd really, really appreciate it. Um, we're still on a journey of trying to get this podcast, you know, um, even, you know, to get, get it popular um, and to get it out there and make sure people are aware of it. And any support that you or your family or friends could provide, we'd really, really appreciate it. All it takes is just one download um, or just tell, recommend it to, to that one friend. Look, we'd like to um, just say, look, if they have any, if you do have any interaction with this podcast, please do tag us on social media, tag the guest, and tag GRG Sport to our sponsors. Um, especially mention to them because look, we're out there. We know we couldn't have run that competition that we did last week. Um, where by the winner who actually was Connor Jordan from Tralee who won a 100 euro voucher of gear for himself. Um, so look, I hope he's, he's enjoying that now. Look, it is now time to bring on this week's guest, and we're delighted to be joined by Irish Rugby International and Connacht Rugby star, Alton Delan. Alton's actually a former school colleague of mine, so I'm really excited to have him on and have a chat about, uh, about the good old days. Um, and uh, I want to throw to him a special story, special memory I have in Matchy of... Uh, of, of me trying to get my rugby career up and, go, up and running and it was I uh, stopped very quickly. <laughs> Born in Paris, Delan moved to Tralee and Kerry at the age of seven and started his rugby career with local side Tralee Rugby Club. He played some underage rugby with Munster but in 2012 he left for Galway to join the Connacht Academy. After three years he made a senior debut for Connacht and hasn't looked back since. On the back of a remarkable 2015 Connacht, the international side called, and Delan was called into Joe Schmidt's Six Nations side for the 2016 campaign. He had a remarkable year that year with Ireland, um, but unfortunately since then he has endured a tough couple of years off the pitch. But before the coronavirus, with a halt proceedings, he was shown signs that he was resco- discovering his best form and was called in to Andy Farrell's Six Nations side for the 2020 campaign. Hi Alton, welcome to an Inside View podcast. How are you? Hey Jamie, not too bad man. Not too bad. Wrecked after uh, the first two days of the week but all going well. Good, good. Are you are you in pre-season now or, or what's the, the current makeup? Yeah, yeah we're back in pre-season. It's, uh, it's a bit different than, than what we're used to but uh, that's just the way the social distancing has, has made things unfortunately but uh, we, everything's going well thankfully. How did you find lockdown um, mentally and how did you pass your time? Uh, yeah, lockdown was, it was definitely a bit strange. Um, it took a bit of getting used to obviously just being kind of stuck in the same place for like uh, for two and a half months or something. But, uh, but I suppose for us, training-wise, kind of gave us the uh, divide up the gym facilities among the players. So uh, and it was kind of handy because one of my neighbours is, is another one the fellas that that uh in, in connacht so uh so we actually were in contact pre-lockdown so we actually had a lot of of, of uh gym equipment uh between the two houses and uh, and uh yeah it was just it, 
it was definitely weird at first, but it was kind of enjoyable being able to train in your own backyard. Like, and I suppose my brother only moved in around lockdown as well. So he kind of had a new buzz about him and new kind of a new goals set in motion. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to see how, how well he, uh, he took from, uh, from doing training programs and, uh, and stuff. Uh, so yeah, he kind of pick up new habits, I suppose, over, over that amount of time. Uh, got into cooking a bit more, which was which was also kind of a, kind of fun to to do. So, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> you uh, you 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 plenty to do. So doing it, you just kind of I suppose like like everyone, you just try to use it to your advantage. So rather than just leaving each day pass. Yeah, no, I suppose pretty much. But um, at the same time, you kind of uh, it was weird. You, you'd be up, you could be up early, but like there'd be. It still feels like the day every day fl- flies, and uh, it was it was a weird version of Groundhog Day. The way you, almost every day was the exact same, but like um, at the same time, it was there was a lot to enjoy with it, even though you couldn't do a lot of things you not you normally would. Um, but glad to see the back of it at the same time. It's kind of nice to get out, and it's definitely great to be back training in, in the sports grounds with a uh, with a bunch of guys I wouldn't have seen for a while. So. And are you, you know, during lockdown, did you have, like, were you doing a bit of training over Zoom? Was that how you kind of kept in contact? We we actually had, no, so you might have had the odd meeting uh, or update. It was kind of more on update on the current status of things. But um, what it was, actually, we had a an SNC kind of WhatsApp group. And uh, be, I suppose to make things interesting, each Friday they do, like, a challenge. So it might be, like, um, trying to think of them. It could be like a push-up challenge or, you know, something of the sort and uh, or how long you could hold a certain position, you know, and uh, every every Friday there was one and you, you kind of you're trying to make the leaderboard or you got points based on where, where on the table you finished. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was yeah, it was kind of funny. This, I suppose they're really just trying to make the best of things, like trying to make Fridays exciting by <laughs> making us do physical challenges that we didn't want to do. <laughs> but yeah, I know it was good. That's good. That's good. And did you did you take part in in the five k like everyone else in the in the country? I actually I was going to, and then uh, I did a run with uh, with a few of the with a few of the guys because uh, there's we've a pitch right beside us here, um, and uh, <clears throat> no, I realized just how bad my fitness would have been if I if I ever attempted a five k. So I didn't go, didn't even try it after that. There's there's no. <laughs> There, there was no hope I was ever going to get the five game. Like, I, I thought I was fit, but but uh, evidently not. <laughs> look, Alton, we'll, we'll bring it back to the start. Um, look, I know you since since days going to school in Tralee, but you were you were born in Paris and you spent seven years years of your life there before moving to Tralee. Um, what brought about that move to to Kerry, and what was it like for a seven year old, especially after you know making friends in in in, in France at the time? Yeah, no, I um, I can remember the day I left France really well, actually, because uh, naturally I didn't want to, uh, I really didn't want to leave. I really liked where I was, and uh, uh, I had I had a uh, my best friend actually lived right across the road from me at the time. Um, no, it was it was definitely weird. I think my mum wanted to. She just really missed home. I think we um, she lost her older brother um actually sorry her younger brother um just a bit before the move and you know she she'd been away from Ireland for 
for so long have been, I think she was in Australia, then she was in France, then Australia, then back to France. Uh, so she kind of, she, she, she really just wanted to be home. And we obviously didn't understand that at the time, but we were delighted. Uh, within a few months of just being in, in Tralee, it was it, like leaving the concrete jungle of Paris to, uh, to just, you know, the green fields and uh, so much space in Kerry uh, we loved it and, and you're, we were always near the, the sea so uh, we just we just love Kerry and how how was it like do you, do you remember the first couple of weeks there like had you any bit of English do you know when you moved to the tree uh, well, it was yeah, obviously not, shock, like but what was it like I, I'm trying to remember it was like it definitely wasn't our, well you know naturally it wasn't our first language but we spoke we had a bit of English because we holidayed in Kerry uh a few times before that and to, to, to stay with our, with, with our aunt, uh, who was in Tralee and, uh, and her, uh, her sons or our cousins. Uh, so we had like a bit of English, but I remember I, I, I went from like very little English to fluent within, within the year. It was like, we just immersed ourselves in the language and, and just picked it up and we had a little carry accents on us by the end of that year. <laughs> <laughs> They've kind of neutraled out a little bit since, uh, since I've left, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we we love childhood and carry to be honest. Now it was, it was brilliant. And did you like as a seven year old? Did you play any sport in in Paris before you left? And was it actually in, in the city of Paris you you came from, or was it the suburbs? Yeah, it it was it was suburbs, but it was like it was very close to the city. Um, like it was on the it was it was one of the stops on the train line. It was like a, in the ninety third district. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we, we did sports. We did, like, I just have memories. I just have bad memories of sports in, in France, <laughs> which is kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because, uh, I would like have memories, like almost drowning in a pool. I'm doing like swimming, swimming every Thursday, like a memory of like hating soccer, uh, and the shin guards I had, I used to wear. And then, uh, just another one of, we, we used to do this, uh, this, this martial arts called, Shirinji Kempo, which is a I've never heard it since I've done it then, uh, and uh, I think it means Shaolin Temple Fist, <laughs> which is so weird. But uh, we did it for like a year, and I think Keen, my my brother and I just got just got pushed around in it for the whole for the whole year. But uh, yeah, we did we did a few sports, uh, and then in Ireland, naturally, when we took up a bit of a bit of ga, a bit of football, I was useless, but my brother was actually very good. Um, we did Taekwondo in Tralee then for about three years and I think when I turned 12 and started secondary school our neighbour asked my brother to go to join him in, in playing a bit of rugby and my mother bribed us to fiver on top of that to just have a go and it was uh, that was the one sport that I mean we love Taekwondo but uh, but rugby was the, the sport that really clicked for us Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, what club did you play with? What, what club did you play Galway in in Chile at the time? John Mitchell's. Oh, great club. <laughs> great club. Um, so you you and when did you start playing Gad? You just played that for a couple of months. I think I played. So. Yeah, I think I played like one or two seasons. Uh, I was I was not good, man. I was I was useless. I had no coordination at all. Um. I don't know. Was I too young and just didn't care? I was like to try to put me in 
full forward. I was terrible. And I don't know that put me they put me mil- midfield a couple of games. I literally couldn't like I just could not function with the ball like. So I just I had to I had to stop. Just for my own sake. <laughs> and then you 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 fell in then well, I won't say you fell in, but you, you started playing then with three rugby club. Um that was definitely going from what you're saying there, that was definitely a sport for you and obviously it's a sport for you what you achieved so far. Um but what was it like playing rugby? You know, it was obviously new to you because you didn't play it before. Yeah, it was I think what kinda made me enjoy it was like I didn't know I didn't I was not good at, at many sports. I was like I felt I wasn't great anyway and I thought it just all I had was kind of my size just being tall or whatever. And I just remember my first day of Trudy Rugby, it was just I was told to hit this guy with my shoulder and it was perfect it was perfectly fine. Just tackle him. It's it's part of the game and all this and like I did that and hurt 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 my friend then as a uh Jason Rogers I remember and uh and I thought I thought it was I thought I was gonna get in trouble for it. And they were like, oh, they were delighted and they were really looking forward to me doing that again. And that was it. I was just like, this could this could go this could go well. Uh, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> what age were you when you, when you picked up rugby? Uh, twelve. Twelve, yeah. Would that be classified as late enough, like, or you know, in the grandest game? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you have people that play rugby from like a, a much younger age, but yeah, they're not. I think I don't think I don't think it was too late. I was, uh, yeah, definitely didn't know anything about it then, which was funny. But uh, yeah, no, loved everything about it. And when I suppose you, what school? Do you, what primary school do you go to? Was it uh, CBS? Uh, CBS, yeah, Clown Lower. CBS. And then you, you, you obviously transitioned into uh, the second school. Then, but when did we say the provincial kind of setup start? You know, coming on on the scene. Yeah, so that would have happened. I, I, I'm pretty sure I was 15. I think I think is when I was 15. Uh, yeah, it would have been. There was trials for Westminster under 16s, and I kind of you know I didn't take it seriously or or didn't didn't know what was in store with that. It was just kind of we were asked to turn up at the club, whatever day at this time, and. Uh, I think there was like 30 people turned up or something like that. And there was a, it was a game. It was a game of three 20 minute windows. And, or there must have been more. I think there could have been like 45 people or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was a game of three 20 minute windows. And you just, a team would be swapped in and whatever. And players would be pulled out and players would, whatever, you know, chopped and changed. And in those, in those uh, basically 60 minutes, if you're lucky uh, or 20, you know. Uh, you have you get to show what you got, and you, you were selected afterwards. And I remember I played absolutely brutal in the first uh, twenty minutes. And I remember that very well. I played shocking. <laughs> I should have been like taken out or whatever. But uh, then, you know, twenty minutes over, they started to reselect the team, and they just forget to swap me out. I have another twenty minutes, and then they forget to swap me out again and play another twenty minutes. And I think I played well in the last twenty minutes. Thank God, uh, and they they picked me. Then it was I think sixteen of us got selected out of that group, and we were at Westminster, whatever under sixteens. And I think it was that it was. I cycled home after that, and I just I'll always remember how how happy I felt making Westminster under sixteens, and that kind of just gave me that dream. I was like, oh, I'd love to play for Munster. I'd love to do this, and 
be a professional rugby player. And yeah, I think that was when it that was when it properly started for me. And just just out of curiosity, I suppose Westminster and there's obviously North East and South Munster and you all play against each other. Is that how it's it's set up or was set up at the time? Yeah, yeah. It's just there was there just wasn't that many players and I think Southminster had the most to choose from. They had like 140 some players, I think, to choose from. And, you know, that just, well, I suppose being Cork. Um, but then each of the players from each region of Munster then would join together. And from that, from all the north, south, east, and west, you do another trial day. And I suppose that's a year later now. So this is under 16s. That we train as Westminster for that one year and then the next the following year you do monster trials or monster under 18s trials and um and that was it and it was like uh or we did i'm trying to think actually i'm mixing it up there could have been national talent squad there was another year of that and then there was monster 18s but but all the players from the from those regions were joined together to hopefully make the monster under 18s um well yeah it was so it was so stressful at the time uh, especially when you don't have too much confidence, but what uh, a great experience, yeah. And I suppose at, at that time as well, um, I know you, you were you were obviously playing with the, the green the school. Um, yeah. I've uh, a story that I, I often tell people, and my claim to fame, I suppose you can kind of say. But uh, I I remember been going to a, a training session before with the with the school, um, and one of the teachers. Uh, was trying to get me to go and I eventually went and I was uh, taught how to tackle and <laughs> I was uh, I was put down to to stop you and safe to say I, I haven't uh, stepped foot in the rugby pitch since <laughs> 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 there was parts of my body hurt and that hasn't hurt since uh, <laughs> so whenever I'm watching uh, or whenever I was watching you know the clips in 2016 and up until yeah. right the end I'm like yeah I know how that fella feels like <laughs> <laughs> you're running through. Um, so, you, have you any recollection I, of that? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, the thing is, this like this isn't the first story. There's another one of my mates as well that says he's a really similar story, and it just makes me feel like, what the hell was I doing back then? Thinking I was just, it's just great to just run full <laughs> tilt or you know do this to someone I'd consider a friend, like on their first time trying to sport. It's just <laughs> something sadistic about me. I think no, it's not not the best. <laughs> And I know yeah, you're, you're, apologies. You're, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We won't follow it over, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I suppose look at that. You were probably seventeen, eighteen. Then um, when did we say the nationals set up kind of come come on on the scene? Underage nationals. So that would have been yeah. Um, so after making uh, monster youths, you did the you did the interpros, um, mm-hmm. and I think we we did all right. We I think we bet Ulster up in Ravenhill, or not Ravenhill, but um, no, it is. It's a club beside Ravenhill, um, or pitch, sorry. Um, we just about lost to Leinster, and we bet Connacht. And I, I, again, would have had no, I didn't have a single thought on, on getting selected for under-18s. I didn't think I was good enough. Uh, but I did, luckily enough, and it was a, it was a great, it was a great uh, experience. We we got to fly to Germany. Went to Germany for the first time. Destroyed them because they weren't they weren't a they weren't a well developed you know rugby 
team, but uh, it was pretty cool. And we bet France in France for the first time in a few years. So it was it was really, really cool. And it was the first time I played against a, uh, in front, sorry, of a, of a big crowd. And the first time I got to sing the national anthem. So it was really, it was a, it was a savage experience. That's one of my, it's one of my favorite rugby memories as well. Um, yeah, I was lucky to score a try as well, which was, uh, which was pretty cool. So, and I met Jimmy Duffy, who is a, a Connor Ruby's Ford coach now. So I got, to, I got to get on really well with him that, that, that season. And, uh, and I suppose that would have helped me, you know, given me a chance with Connacht in a few years, thankfully. So, uh, yeah, from from under 18s, then we went back. I, I was finishing up school, like, or was I finishing up school? I think so, or in or in fifth fifth year anyway. Got got back with Munster under 19s. Um, had a mayor of a of a campaign with them in the Interpros. I had I I honestly played terrible against Connacht. Uh, we drew in Tomond Park. Um, I got. I got dropped for the rest of the campaign and had to play, uh, had to play for the Munster Bees, and I mean, it was very, I was naturally deflated, you know, thinking, oh, probably rugby isn't for me or whatever. Uh, but played the, did the best I could with the Munster Bees, and luckily somehow, uh, still got selected for a camp in Clongos for for Irish under 19s. So that really kind of kept the dream alive. Uh, that camp went quite well. Got got selected for the for the Irish 19s and uh, and uh, we had a we had a decent campaign as well. We we bet we bet England in a good in a good upset in uh, in I think it was London Irish uh, over there. So so that was brilliant. Um, and then after that after that campaign uh, in that campaign, sorry, I met Nigel Carlin, who was the who was the backs coach for Connacht. So. Uh, so I met the two coaches, you know, over over those two seasons, and they they had both at different times and said, oh, you you know, you you could enjoy Galway, you can enjoy the Connacht Academy because they were involved in the Connacht Academy at the time. Um, so it kind of got more and more attractive, you know. I felt like I was I was kind of away from for the whole Munster team when I was in Tralee because it was just I was it was just me and I had to travel up to Limerick, I had to travel up to Cork. It was kind of it was kind of tough, uh, and my mum had to drive me everywhere. So. Uh, I just wanted—I wanted to kind of have some security leaving school, and I knew Munster weren't offering me a, an academy contract. They were—they had, they had to, unfortunately, offer sub academies contracts. So um, when Connick were saying we give—we've got a three-year academy contract for you, you could play for this club and stuff in the meantime. And it's like it just got—it just got very attractive, and uh, I ultimately decided to go. And I never looked back, to be honest, because I, I loved every minute in Galway since. I, since I got there, so. And another memory I actually have, um, kind of leads into kind of your your training is the volume of food you used to consume in school. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember going to classes in the morning, and <laughs> you'd be having a full-on lunch, like four or five sandwiches, and it's the sandwiches, man. I remember that well, yeah. <laughs> And my poor mum had to make like that much for me, with that much for my brother as well. And like she was doing night shifts. What the hell? Like she was eight, eight sandwiches like stacked every day. Four for me and Dean. And like, 
I suppose it, like my point, I like, kind of that leads into my next point. When did it kind of start for you? To kind of start to be real, and that like you're like this is something I want to pursue. Um, so you kind of dedicate your life to it. And when I say dedicate your life to it, you started training as a professional. You watch what you eat. You eat it at the right. You ate at the right time. Which I can I can definitely say you did. I saw you a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I I think it had to be had to be when I got selected for Munster. I think I think because uh, the then um, Ian Sherwin was in charge of the national talent squad. It was kind of this thing where they were trying to like get these players in a year before. So it would have been after. I think it could have been the same year or the year after the Westminster selection. But if you got selected for the NTS, the National Talent Squad that they were kind of doing, there was a high chance you were making Munster 18s. And um, we all got brought into this big hall. I think it was like 150 people or something like that. And Ian Sherwin was just said, like, out of all the people here in this room, you know, there's only going to be one or two people that uh, in the next four years that will have a professional contract you know uh like it'd be be just slightly more than that if they're lucky and like it was crazy but that like honestly got me so pumped to you know, be that be that be that person and to be honest i still didn't play well i still wasn't training well at the time i had a lot of development to do i was really skinny really light couldn't pass the ball well you know i didn't have my attributes were kind of they were great at truly but they just didn't quite step up when i uh when I played NTS or Munster 18s, I felt, but um, luckily enough, things kind of eventually kind of went right as a after after getting the uh, after getting the academy contract. It took a few years still, but I would definitely attribute it to, to some luck for sure. When did you get that the the Connacht contract? Was it just after school? Yeah, no, pretty much. Yeah, I think it would have been around. Uh, it would have been before the leaving. I mean, I wasn't doing much work for that either. Now, but uh, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm, it must have been. I'm guessing about two, three months before the leaving. It was really stressful. I had people in, in Munster ringing me, different different coaches, and it was man, it was so much stress for like you know someone that's just turned eighteen. I think. Um, you're being told loads of different things from people that have had to have so much experience and it was really hard. But uh, I think what finalized my decision was I rang, um, I rang a, an, an agent who gave free advice and he was just like, he, in his own opinion, just was like, it's, it's a great move. If you went there, it's, it's tough to get in the monster at the mo- at the moment and all this. And uh, yeah, that kind of, that kind of sealed it to be honest in the end. Um, yeah, it was very stressful at the time, and you know I had to leave and to put leave and start to put a lot of focus into. It, but you know, that was it was all good. You went up to Connacht in after leaving. How long were you playing? You know, until you got uh, professional, until you made your senior debut. Uh, it, it took all three years of the uh, of the contract. Um, sorry, just turn this up. It took all three years of the. Um, yeah, of the contract to 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 kind of come true. I was I struggled to put weight on for the first uh, for the first two years, and um, 
I, I, I got a bad shoulder injury in my first in my first year in the academy at the very end, the very last game, and it was the it was the last play of the last game of my uh, first season in Galway for a Corinthian rugby club, uh, and uh, yeah, I I done a, a grade five AC uh, injury to my to my shoulder, which which uh, probably affected the, the next year and a half of rugby because I unfortunately got a. Uh, Got a bad surgery on it and infected my shoulder and a bunch of different problems. Wasn't sleeping on it for like a year. So my whole second year of my academy was kind of a a wipe. Nothing really happened. I was just niggly for the whole for the whole season. And then I had to get surgery at the end of that year. And I was told, okay, I'm cautiously optimistic about how the surgery went, but if it doesn't go right, shoulder reconstruction, or you might have to give it give it a give rugby a miss like so it was kind of really weird the first two years didn't really go that well and uh i was so lucky in that because in those three or four months of recovery i just naturally ballooned in weight i was eating i wasn't eating the cleanest food like but uh but i guess my metabolism was was uh was covering that for me and i put on like five i think i put on like five or six kilos in a, in a few months and then got playing in in October, and I was still putting on weight. And I got, I think in total, I got like ten kilos in the space of like half a year. It was mad, but it was it made some difference to how I how I I suppose how I carried and how I tackled. It was, uh, and that's what kind of gave me the uh, that's kind of what propelled my my rugby in in a, in a way, I guess. And by that Christmas, then I I I'd impressed the coaches uh, playing for the Connacht A's. And uh, by Christmas, there was an injury crisis. Um, one of the locks got injured, and they, they just had too many injuries, I suppose. And I, I got put on the bench against Leinster in the RDS, and that's kind of where it, where it kicked off for me, luckily. And just, just out of curiosity, look for, for someone that, that hasn't a clue really like that. Right, so before we go any further, um, you got, a, you got um, an academy contract, and we often hear people getting academy contracts or, or whatever the case may be. What exactly is the purpose of an academy contract? Like, do you play with a local club up there, and you're going to college, or what's the what's the makeup? So, an academy contract is you do, you know, you're you're contracted to train physically, do do gym uh, like a professional, uh, four or five days a week, and you could play, you can play for the Connacht A's, for instance, they're the the B team, basically. Um, get selected for that but you have three years to to train on the pitch or depend whatever the length of time is to train on the pitch uh train your rugby and train physically to develop yourself to uh to become a professional rugby player and then that's um and then after that you know you can get uh you can get upgraded to, to a professional contract um but yeah it's it's not all as as rosy as it sounds it's it's really really hard and a lot of players unfortunately don't make it and I could have so easily been one of those players as well if it wasn't for the fluke of how how well I managed to put on weight and how things kind of happen to fall in motion. A, 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 a professional lock just happens to get injured. There's, we already have the X many injuries, you know, and, oh, this guy, this fella here seems to have played a couple, a couple of games all right for the, for the, for the, for the Connacht A's, so we'll give him a chance. And it was, you know, so many things kind of have to go right. It's 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 mad, but uh, very lucky. <laughs> and 
you you came on that game against Leinster, was it, or, or did you did you start? Yeah, yeah, I came on. It, like it wasn't a good game. I think I gave away a high tackle. I tried to tackle the uh, the scrum half. I remember, um, and he just ducked at the breakdown, and I just nearly closed on them and almost got myself yellow card. First few minutes on on the pitch, the whole crowd booing me. But uh, uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was still a, a, such a surreal experience. You know, first first bit of professional rugby, we lost. I think Zane Kirshner Zane scored this. Uh, Pretty slick try that uh, we managed to we managed to mess up the clean up of it and give away a try, but uh, you know still that that was still my first cap and it was brilliant. And what what was it? Did you get much game time in 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 that game? So I think I only got like I think I think it was like five or ten minutes. It wasn't much. It was a Ooh. safe kind of safe start, but uh, but when you got the call, we say from from the Pat Lamb at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When Pat Lamb said, "You look, Alton or whoever whoever was, was was doing that, look, you're coming on." How did you feel in that moment, or did it just kind of pass you by? You didn't really get to digest until after. Ah, uh, no. You feel. Ah, uh, uh, I mean, you naturally feel a bit of fear, a bit of, a bit of. You'll feel very nervous. You know, it's uh, like I mean, it's, you can still I can still get really nervous for certain games, but um, yeah. My mum always said, like, with stuff like this, adrenaline kind of kicks in, and you, and you wouldn't, you know, you won't, you won't kind of know yourself. It's just kind of, kind of happen, and, and and it really is like it, it, that's that's just kind of what happens. You just adrenaline kind of kind of takes over, and you just you go through the motions of of everything, and it's it's never as bad as as, as you think. And after that, the Linster game. Um, that was around Christmas. That was actually yeah, the week for Christmas Day, is the nineteenth of December. Um, yeah. the week the week later, actually yeah, probably Saint Stephen's Day, you played against Ulster. Did you start that game or you came on as well? Yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I was just trying to remember how what exactly happened. So yeah, Stephen's Day, uh, I went for a Christmas Day swim in Phoenix. Uh, do you know, like running in and out three times. And I was like, oh, this, this is going to be great. I love this. Love it. Love seeing all the all the lads again after ages. And uh, I got sick that sick that uh, that night. Like Christmas night was started started getting real runny. Had to had to feel for the game. Uh, and Stephen's day went up north. I was on the bench. I was like, oh, this is. Uh, wasn't going too well. I hadn't gone through my normal routine nutritionally because I was feeling sick. And uh, one of the lads pulled out in the warm up because I, I started that game, didn't I? I think, yeah, I think it is. I think yeah, I did, I think you one did, of the lads yeah. pulled, did, yeah. pulled out in the warm up, and and I ended up having to yeah having to play the whole game. It was terrifying, but yeah, cool. And just luckily, it went all right. Just the the look of the carrier was. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was it was. Yeah, that was so so nerve wracking having to start. It's one of the scariest things as well because you're in, you're. I suppose I was a new a new guy and uh, very nervous up in up in um, Kingspan Stadium, you know, and just being told, "Oh, this guy's uh, he's no good. You're gonna have to start." And you're just everything going through your head at the time is honestly, it's it's not fun. But uh, but you're delighted afterwards. Yeah. And how like at the time. You know, you're kind of thrown into there really for the, the Ulster game. Um, that look, I suppose, how, how did you 
get yourself set, you know, that look, it is what it is, I just need to get going. How did you kind of put those nerves to the side? I know you said you had a drilling, which was you used that to your benefit, but how did you kind of... You know, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's more that it's going to happen. Like you're going to just be on the pitch and you're going to just try to do your best. It's kind of... It, I, I mean, I'm saying adrenaline kicks over, but, but uh, you know, you just, you just have to do it. <laughs> And, and and then you kind of realize you, you you've teammates with you. They're all pumped. They know you. They know you can do it, and they 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 back you. And it's kind of like the nerves kind of ease off when once once you realize you're you're able to kind of keep up with people in a way, I suppose. And just before we go any further, like you know, when you came into to Connacht, you came in from academy into the into the scene or set up outside of the the we say the the pitch. What did you find a big change, or what did you kind of notice a big difference compared to other teams you were involved with? For example, like culture, you know, culture is a big thing in yeah. teams. Um, do you find the culture in Connacht, well, from the outside looking in, the culture was fantastic around in. Um, was that a, something that, that you found? Yeah. Yeah, well, for me, it was just the huge difference was that. I was from Tralee, you know, and there wasn't many guys training for the Munster Underages there. It was it was just myself, and and I just had a an SNC coach from Limerick coming down twice a week to do weights with me and and and, uh, and functional movement in uh, in this small gym in, in Tralee Rugby Club, and it was just kind of real awkward. It was great because because uh, because he worked really hard with me, but um, but I was removed from from the the rest of the team until we kind of got together either at Christmas for fitness test or in summer for a trial to make the, the squad. And it was just, it just didn't feel, it just didn't feel great to be so, so removed from everyone. Whereas the second I got to Galway, I was told where I was going to be staying, who I was staying with lads. I kind of had seen at, at underage uh, for Ireland, you know, and who, who I kind of enjoy spending time with. And the first gym session together, was just, 30 lads you know it was, it was 25 30 lads the same the same age all looking to get along and we just had so much crack tunes tunes blaring in the gym and just lads taking it taking the mick out of each other it was is honestly from the from the get-go it was it was savage i loved it uh i loved it it was class so i suppose that when you when you were um in the underage setups that i suppose naturally geographically you know down in Kerry, you're kind of removed whether you know is they obviously didn't mean it, and then when you say when you came, when oh, you went to Connacht, yeah. you obviously moved up there and you felt more part of the. Yeah, it was just unfor- It was unfortunate that I was so far away, you know, in Kerry. But it's not to say it wouldn't have been like that had I had I been you know mm-hmm. had I been in Limerick or in Cork because uh, there's a lot of great lads down there as well. You know, it's just uh, but. It's just I always appreciated how how quickly you, I was made to fit in when I when I came up from somewhere I wasn't, you know from from you know I wasn't from Galway or anything like that. But there was a lot of other people there from other places in in Ireland, and it was just it was just great how how well everyone got on, um, and still do like since I've gone from underage to to senior to the senior level, everyone that comes to comes to Connor Rugby loves it. It's yeah. uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of mad. Brilliant. And just out of curiosity, do you train 
by NUIG or where is your training ground? No, we train uh, in on the College Road. Uh, so you're, you've you've pretty much come into Galway, and you're on your way. You're on your way to Air Square to the to the town centre. You're gonna pass. You're gonna pass the sports grounds naturally. Um, if you take if you take a if you take a left at the lights at the lights of the G Hotel, you're gonna pass the sports grounds. It's 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 along that road. Oh, you you train in the in the sports ground. Yeah, yeah sports yeah. grounds. Yeah, perfect. And um, dog track as well. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I suppose look right the, the first season um, in with the, the seniors uh, did you stay in with the, the seniors for the full season or or what was the, the setup? I know you played against Ulster after the Leinster game and I believe you played against Munster as well yeah Munster was Munster was New Year's Day uh, so um, yeah I pretty much like it was such a cool, it was such a cool season because I was obviously still in the academy when all this was happening, and it was just, it was just class being one of the seniors and or you know being training with them and and all that. I was still a very nervous. Uh, I think it was twenty one at the time. Uh, still very nervous, you know, but uh, but really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I played most of the season with them then until I had an absolute shocker of a game. Against Scarlets, I think in like April or May, they were like, "Okay, you got to go back to the academy for the for the next for the next month or two and that was it. Plus, plus there was locks. The locks that were all you know injured had had come back fit. So that was me. That was I got the taste of it for uh, for like I think it was four or five caps or something like that. And you were and then you, I, yeah. You were kind of back into the you were brought back into the setup then in. Um, 2015 2015 late 2015 um where you know 2015 2016 when when connacht won the, the pro 12 you were in the set oh, yeah, no. yeah no i was it was really just for the rest of that season for my first year it was like for like two months that i was out and then once the preseason came back uh i was brought back to the setup and i trained with them and I, I played well enough that that summer and I think it was from then on. Basically, I was part of the I was part of the the senior senior squad. And yeah, that was the 2014-15. Sorry, fifteen sixteen. That was was that was that, was that fifteen sixteen? Yeah, when it was when, yeah when you won the pro the pro twelve. Jesus, Jesus mad, it was all that quick. Yeah, it was it was that so. Um, yeah. Well, did you play much a, of that campaign? Yeah, it was a. There was it was such a long season. Um, we went to we went to Siberia in Russia, minus twenty degrees conditions. Like we had to play against these guys. <laughs> uh, one of the lads got frostbite on his toes, uh, uh, st- standing on the wing. Like, uh, so that that was that was one trip, and then after that, we had sixteen weeks straight of games, no break. Wow. It was uh, so so attritional. Uh, we we learned some lessons. We lost some games. Uh, won some big games. Um, and then come like, I think it was like March or April. I think it was around March. We just hit this this stride where it was like no team was like beating us or something. It was it was it was really really cool and unique. And we just had that recipe that was just taking down teams with our with our with our different attack and then we had really big defensive games that was kind of that was also quite punishing and it was really a, a 
kind of a fairy tale ending to the season. Yeah, it was class. What was the, the celebrations like? Um, I heard it was like uh, all Ireland final wins here in in, in Kerry that there was uh, bonfires <laughs> at, at various intersections yeah. along the road after you got off the oh, the plane in in Knock. It was it was unreal. I couldn't personally celebrate that much because I had to go up to I had to go up to Dublin for like media stuff ahead of the ahead of the Irish tour. But for what I could celebrate, it, it was really cool. I only had really one day celebration, but the day we won anyway, we we got the we uh, flew back and at knock at like half two in the morning, there was like some like two thousand. I think it was reported to two thousand people. I think were waiting at the, outside the airport. They had a stage set up for us, um, and we had to one by one the whole squad had to go up and ro- lift the trophy. You know. <clears throat> From there, got on the bus, knocked to Galway. <clears throat> and yeah, literally, exactly as you said, there's bonfires lit up constantly for that whole hour's drive. It was, uh, and just families sat by the bonfire just cheering. This was, this was around 3 a.m. at this stage, half three in the morning. Uh, and then we got to, we got to Galway. Uh, one of the pubs uh, was never going to close for us, so they, uh, they took the whole squad in. We, uh, safe to say, we drank there until uh, the sun came up around about nine in the morning. Decided to change pub. Another pub wanted to take us in then. They started bringing in breakfast rolls so we couldn't leave. They were, they were replaying the game and everything. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, and then around 10, we, everyone, everyone got a message. You know, you got an open top tour bus of, the, of Galway, you know, uh, for, 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 the, for the town. So we were like, so we better, we better uh, get get home to bed for for a couple of hours nap. Uh, did that, got up around midday. Everyone meet at the sports grounds before the crowd kind of got there and uh, hopped on this bus. This is all still a haze for me because I don't, I don't, I think I was still on it from, from the night before. Like, uh, got on the bus, went around town, and there was thousands of people walking behind the bus. The bus was going at walking pace, you know, and. It was crazy. It was like a sea of people just uh, followed us all the way through town back to the sports grounds uh, where they filled up our training pitch. Uh, and the, the pitch was full of, uh, of supporters. And had, there was a stage at the, at the end of the pitch. We all did the whole, you know, lift the trophy up. And it was, it was class. And then from there, went into town again and, you know, another pub. And yeah, it was, it was, it was serious crack. And just, there was one video that floated around. Um, it actually was the papers at the time. It was uh, Bundy just threw the, the medal or something. Was, what was that about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's the pub we went to after the tour. That's the, the Pukan. It was hilarious crack. Uh, yeah, Bundy threw someone else's medal, by the way, <laughs> into the crowd. That's what he was doing. He like, flung it into about... We didn't know where it was, but it got brought back. Uh, yeah, a lot of few people lost their minds, but uh, deservedly so, you know. It was eventually returned. Yeah, it was returned. He got it back. He got it back pretty quick, actually. <laughs> and you, you just mentioned there that you, um, you had to do a bit of media work for the Irish, the Irish team. Uh, so when, when, look, when did that kind of come on, uh, on the scene? Was it during that during that season with? With Connacht, that you yeah. Kind of got so, in. yeah. So that season, I 
it was a very fortunate it was a really like a lot happened that that year we won the pro 12 i i happened i got lucky enough to play for for ireland from uh for the first time you know uh in the six nations played got my first cap against england in twickenham uh which uh which which i i loved despite you know despite the result it was it was it was such a cool experience to play against that bigger crowd it was it was it was unreal honestly um uh and then i think i played i think i played three games of the six nations that year mm-hmm. we finished third which was which was which was all right for us um and then because of that thankfully i got selected on i suppose on the back of winning the pro 12 as well got selected for the summer tour in south africa so i had to go up uh with no voice on me to to dublin but like even joe laughed you know he he found it funny and he he was pretty happy for me to, to get a pass that day and just had to do, got the interviews done real quick and then got back to Galway. <laughs> I didn't even drive, so they had to send a van to bring me to Dublin. Out the back. It was a nightmare. The back of it, was it? Yeah, it was a disaster because <laughs> I still, still didn't drive at the time. And um, the, that summer, oh yeah, so the, the Pro 12 would have finished in May and the Six Nations kind of ran in conjunction with the Pro 12, then the Six Nations would be February to... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, exactly. So you, you were definitely, you know, definitely started hitting hit stride around then, um, and things started to kind of come together. And we'll say that that summer series, um, what was it like? Uh, I know you got, you, you came on in two of the games. Um, what was it like playing over there? Oh, I was unreal, yeah. We, um, yeah, we played, we... I remember speaking with Rory Best before the the summer tour. He was just saying, "Oh, like if we win in South Africa in Cape Town, you know, first game we're gonna absolutely lose it, you know." And of course, you know, first game Cape Town, we're down by two men, like <laughs> for for parts of the game, got a red card, like, and uh, still win. It was honestly savage. It was really cool to be able to play that to play it, to even be on the pitch that day. And yeah, celebrations in Cape Town were were to remember. They were they were they were pretty cool. No, um, just, we got uh, really unlucky the second game, you know. But yeah, yeah, the second game there was thirty two twenty six. Um, yeah, and in the third game, you came on as well. Um, you yeah, there was six points in it. Nineteen nineteen thirteen. Yeah, it was uh, it was that was rough. I think. Yeah, the third game was done with the intercept, wasn't it? Where we threw an intercept and mm-hmm. they ran under the sticks. That was a, that was rough, but it was you know it was still a really cool experience to be able to to play to play them the amount of times we did and just to see South Africa like that. It was it was class. It was it was a really cool experience. It was a great trip for everyone. Even uh, the ex- experienced boys said it was one of the best trips they'd been on. So. Um, you, from what I can gather, you were about twenty-two then, were you? Yeah, I think so. Like for such a young, you know, young lad to be in there, what was it like? I know, look, it's you know, you're you're in you're in there yeah. now again, but what was it like your first experience to be in? It was. Um, it was just kind of surreal, but it, because you know, my first experience would have been that uh, in in February, I think it was, where I got to go up there and meet everyone and. They're all really welcoming, and they they 
all the boys you kind of looked up to and all and whatnot, you know, they're actually really helpful. They're they try to bring you up to speed and there was little egos about about things and it was just a really enjoyable experience. And then that made the summer tour that bit easier. You know, you got to bond over a few drinks at, at times, especially on the back of, you know, the win. And it was really it was it was just such a cool experience. I, I just loved it. It was, it was class. Dean, this uh, this brings me on to the the big one that'll go down in, in history for, with uh, Fire Rugby beating the All Blacks, oh, yeah. Soldier Field. Yeah, that was uh, that again was just a, a ridiculous week. Um, just because I, I suppose because it was Chicago and and the uh, the baseball team who hadn't won. The uh, the finals in a hundred and I think it was a hundred and six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they won in the way they did. It was just class. We got to see their celebrations. Got to see the, I think it was like two million or something like that people turn up in Chicago. Uh, the day after the game, it was honestly ridiculous. We got to we got on top of a building and got to see what the city looked like with, with all these people walking through the, the city. It was it was savage. And then the way we won, of course, was just. It was just icing on top of the cake. Really, it was. It was. It was so cool. Was that was that your first time in America? Uh, it was my second. It was my second. I went. Yeah, <laughs> it's my second time. I got. I got the holiday with some of the guys after the South Africa tour in, in New York, which was just pretty cool. Yeah, New York's uh, such a fascinating city. Um, yeah, very cool. But. Uh, more on the on the New Zealand game. Look, at 22 years of age, um, you got 16 minutes in, in you know in part of history that will, of, of Irish rugby history that will go down for generations. Um, to stop an 18 game unbeaten run by the the All Blacks, and to basically look to end over 111 years of of uh, of hurt. What was it like, you know, to be on the pitch then? Yeah, I mean, before the pitch, it was, it was just we had to do a, a figure of eight in honor of you know yeah. Anthony Foley, and it was just it made things so emotional for for a lot of for a lot of the players who you know played under him and stuff. So, uh, and I mean, just it, it it brought it brought things in for us as well, and it was just it was just so weird to be st- standing in front of the hacker, you know, something you'd be looking at on TV, going, "Wow, it's it's a pretty scary thing," like and. <laughs> just then to actually see it and see them looking right at you and looking couldn't wait to to to, to tear you to pieces. It was pretty it was pretty cool. Um of course I had to go on the bench after that and I got real pumped to watch it, watching them do the hacker. But uh but it, it was such a close game because they could score at any at any moment. They could score so quickly when they did. Um so I felt coming on with like as you said there, it was sixteen minutes. Sixteen minutes so there. much in the game left. There was so much in the game left, and it was pretty scary that like a, a, an error against these guys is is so much more costly than other teams. Um, but I was, we were fortunate that our momentum kind of picked up in, in a, a, a bit. We we got a good play from I think it was Robbie uh, and Zebes at, at one point, and we got like a, a scrum in the twenty-two, and this like savage try just came off on the back of it and honestly you couldn't hear a thing 
like there was loads of the players were like shouting shouting orders and like after we scored a try and trying to talk and the, it was so loud in Soldier Field. You, it was honestly it's the loudest thing I've ever experienced. Could not hear a word uh, we were saying to each other. It was so cool. Uh, yeah, the place honestly erupted. It was it was it was so so cool. And then we won, of course. So it was just uh, it was uh, an unreal experience. And you you were saying there you um you got to stand in front of the hacker. So did the whole team line up? I can't remember at the time. Did the whole team yeah, line up? Yeah. Yeah, we all did uh, the figure of eight uh, for Anthony Foley's, uh, you know, the number he played when he when he played and uh, just faced it, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Like uh, a a lad from Chile, uh, to be over there, you know, standing in front of the hack, I must have been. <laughs> like, like I suppose you kind of after, like I suppose at the time. It, you know, you 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 digested it, but since then, I suppose you you probably can really appreciate how how big of a you know of a of a time it was. And yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, even at the time, it was just <clears throat> after after the final whistle blew, just walking around the 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 the, the pitch and just seeing. The shock on people's faces, hearing who was in the crowd watching the game, and all this—it was just crazy. Like, think that we we done it, and um, I couldn't believe that I was part of the team that that you know that, that did that. And uh, I'm still, I still, still kind of think, oh man, it's I've been so lucky. Like, I've been very, very fortunate. But um, but yeah, it was uh, obviously memories I'm going to take, cherish for for forever. You know. And did you um do you know after the game you obviously went out and, and enjoy yourself and do you ever do you cross paths with the the All Blacks at all after? Um after after that game um I don't think we did not after that game they're quite they're quite ticked off and you know they're we're playing them again in uh, I think it was two weeks so uh so they're they were quite upset but uh but uh since then I've played I've, I've I mean, I met I've met one or two of them um, in other in other um, I suppose uh, circumstances, but uh, yeah, not not after that game. And would they would they ever mention anything to you about the game, or, or is it just a bit of healthy banter? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, no. Malachi Fekatoa did. I think he was uh, he just joked about it, but uh, <laughs> naturally they kind of got they got their one up on us again when they played them two weeks two weeks later. So it was kind of all good. Yeah, so, and in between, in between those, those two games, there was the the Canada game, and you got man the match. Like that must have been, you know, you you started that game, I think, um, and you yeah. got man the match. That must have been surreal, you know, again to be part of. Part yeah, of it. it was. Yeah, it was just. It's it's so weird thinking about it now, but yeah, it definitely was. It was a. Um, it was really cool. It was really cool just to you know to, to have the your family in the crowd type of a thing, you know, and they're they're just really so proud of you and all that. It was it was a it was a great experience. Uh, um, and again, so lucky to have to have been able to done to do that and to have played well in front of my family like that uh, in the Aviva is just yeah, blessed to have, blessed to be able to do that, I suppose. And just to finish off that that series, then. Um... You beat Australia, and you you got a big game time there as well. You came on the fifty sixth minute, so like you, you you did get a lot of game time that year. Um, 
So things were yeah. definitely going in the right direction. But then in 2017, um, you got two caps against Italy and, and Scotland. But an injury then came and yeah. didn't miss out. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I was playing well at all in uh, 2017. That Scotland game, I think I, I gave away a penalty and then and then didn't carry well when I got the opportunity. And I think I, I think I just disappointed the coaches a bit. And I was even lucky to play the Italy game because they were kind of looking at sending me back to the club. But I think an injury kind of kept me in. It, it was that kind of a situation. But then as well, I had a... I just had this shoulder knock. I think it was my other AC was just giving me bother for a while, and I just I really wanted to get a surgery on it because my good, my bad, the first AC injury I had had kind of turned my shoulder quite, quite, quite tough. So I was like, I just need to get the same surgery done, and and I think I'll be fine. But uh, luckily, um, it wasn't until Pat Lamb kind of rang Joe on my behalf, and was just like he 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 said he'd f- felt more comfortable if, if I could get my surgery. And, you know, it, it was really nice of him to do that. And, and, and Joe, was, uh, Joe was accepting. So it was, it was, yeah, I had to get the surgery, luckily, and came back all right then. How was that period? You were probably out for four or five months, was it? Um, like, mm-hmm. how was it mentally? And did you have to, you know, what was the rehab like? I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was like a three, maybe four month injury, but um, it was all right because it, it kind of, that would have spelled the end, that spelled the end of the season then, getting that surgery in, I think, February or March, because there was about three months left, and then you'd just be rehab, doing rehab for the rest of your, rest of the season. You're looking to kind of re, re, reset things uh, in pre season and uh, hopefully kick on to something. Better in 2018. Um, uh, yeah, it it's kind of it was the same thing I'd, I'd done for my other shoulder, so it wasn't that bad, you know. Mm. Um, and it, you just try to do the best you can nutritionally, and you try to tick all the right boxes. You you kind of find this own this motivation every time you get injured that you're you're gonna be the best version of yourself coming out of it. So it's kind of it's kind of a a nice time to to iron out weaknesses, you know. I suppose overall, up until that point, you were you were pretty lucky that you didn't have that many injuries, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my main yeah my main issue really was just two shoulder surgeries that that uh, that kind of held me back. But um, I was lucky. I, I have had some lucky seasons where I haven't got injured, which is uh, which is uh, quite fortunate because uh, everyone just gets injured these days. So, yeah, I, yeah, I actually had a, a guy on, uh, Sean Potter from Cork recently on the podcast and he, he actually did his hamstring five times, so three on the left and two on the right. And he was just kind of saying the first was somewhat a novelty that he never got injured before in the rehab, but then he was yeah. like, it got testing and testing um, because, you know, you're training on your own, you're kind of training away from the squad. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's how horrible. do you find that? You know, from your your experience, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be honest that I haven't been injured that 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 as much. You know, um, but I know people in the squad that that do get injured and they feel exactly the same. It's like you feel like you're kind of cheating the team. Maybe I don't know what it is, but that you feel like you're not doing, you're not pulling your way for the team, and it's an irrational kind of thought because. 
it's out of your control. You know, if you get injured, it's part of the game. It's just, unfortunately, some players get injured more than others. Um, but it definitely isn't a fun place to be when, when, when you're on the side that gets injured a lot. Because uh, sometimes you can be ticking all the right boxes and luck just doesn't go your way. That's the way the game is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I suppose, like, how do you, like, again, like you're saying, or look, you, you didn't get injured that much. Um, but how do you find training on your own? You know, when you're a professional athlete, I suppose there's a, a certain element of it, and lockdown probably definitely gave you a taste of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be too bad. Like, I kind of enjoy. Ah, you, I kind of enjoy listening to my own music and different things, I suppose. So there's 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 pros and cons to everything. I I don't think I've ever been too bad trained on my own. Um, yeah, I've kind of I've, I've like I like it sometimes. I I do get how much nicer it can be to be training with other people and uh, especially some of your close mates. It, it is great crack, but uh, I know there's there's just pros and cons to everything. If you if you try to if you try to nitpick through things, I suppose. Yeah, so I suppose it's all about perspective as well and using yeah. balance and everything. Um, I suppose, look, we go on to 2018, um, the testing, testing year for you, but the, the back end of 2018, um, something I've, I've always actually was fascinated about. And when I, when I came across, I, kn- I knew you, you played at the Bar- Barbarian squad, um, and I just want to get more information about it, really. So who are the Barbarians? <laughs> <laughs> who are they? Um, I always thought they were, like, from... New Zealand somewhere or Fiji but they're actually English I, I found out yeah yeah it's, uh, it's a, just a very old club with a tradition of selecting players from around the world to uh, to play against different nations and in different uh, in, in different and different teams you know and it's a it's a very it's you'd be very lucky to get selected and that was certainly no different for myself, Dennis Buckley, and me, Adio Lucan, who, who all played for Connacht at the time. Uh, we were lucky that Pat Lamb, you know, our, our, our previous coach, uh, happened to coach the Babas that summer. And he was just like, you know, I want to I bring you guys in against England and Twickenham on this hot day in May. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we just, we, it was, it's one of the best weeks you'd, you'd ever have. And, and, and it definitely dis- didn't disappoint. Uh, we were so lucky to to have the weather, the weather we did that that week. It was like a heat wave all week. Training is like barely even training. It's just everyone laughing, playing, touch on the pitch, and then you're going out having pints at night, and uh, and to still go out that weekend and, and to and to to do a job on England and win in, in Dwigan was just hilarious, and it was just it was class. And just, I suppose, more more on that. Like, so look, you you got the phone call, and is it like you kind of touched on it there? That you know, it's a week long, but like, did you meet up two three weeks beforehand, or or is no, it just you, you go get, over and for a week and that's it? Yeah, I think it was Pat would have ring us individually, I think, and he was just like, yeah, I want you to play Babas, and it's gonna be this day, and then eventually you like you, you you say yes or no, but you know everyone's gonna say yeah. You get your you get your email. It gives you all the the, the logistics things, and you, you turn up. I suppose for us, I think we go, we turn up at the Hilton, I think, and somewhere in London. And uh, yeah, that's where you meet everyone. Then you turn up at the, at the hotel at this time. You're given your gear, and uh, so on and so forth. You introduce yourself from the whole team, 
then go to the rooftop bar, drink and go out. And, and uh, that's, the, that's what kicks off your week. It's, it's brilliant. A so lot of fun, honestly. It, it's brilliant for just kind of networking. and well, I wouldn't say networking, but you're kind of meeting players from different, yeah. different nations. And is it only yeah. um, players from the UK and, and Ireland? No, no, no. It's players from like, uh, like players from New Zealand, players from South Africa, from all around the world. It's literally from any country. Players from Fiji. It's uh, brilliant. It was just such, such a cool experience. It's brilliant opportunity to to meet all those guys. Yeah, honestly, and 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 all great guys as well. They're just very amicable and just funny in their own way. And some had some lads honestly had a serious sense of humor. They really, they really gelled the team well. Uh, it, was, it was a really good experience. And did you, like, do you stay in contact with any of the boys since bar the, the other two lads from Connacht? Uh, oh, yeah. No, we, we, I mean, you still so, social media kind of contact, if you get me. Just uh, you might get the odd message from someone uh, uh, once or twice a year. But uh, no, it was just, it was a great week and everyone got on so well, which was, which was, which was even better. Just out of curiosity, do you know, say if you play with them once, can you play with them again or, or do you only kind of get one opportunity to play with them? Yeah, no, you can, you can, because uh, I know Nee got selected the following year as well because uh, one, of the, one of the players had to pull out and Pat was coach again. Um, so yeah, you can. Again, lucky again for you to get selected, but it, it can happen. Brilliant, brilliant. And like, what's the criteria? Like, do you have to play... With your your country, like, or do you have to have a certain amount of cash for country, or what's the? No, you can up? be no, you can be a club player if, uh, or if you can, yeah, if you just play for a professional rugby club, you're eligible for Barbados. Brilliant, so. brilliant. Um, yeah. so I think that's all my my questions now about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the 2019, no, um, last year, look, you, you things kind of start to come into coming together at the start of the year. Um, you came on against Scotland and France and you started against Italy. Um, how how did you feel yourself things were going at the start of the year? Uh, they're all right. I mean, you, you've always got things to work on. Uh, I think my performance started getting better throughout the season. But, um, yeah, it, it, it definitely, I suppose, peaked at the right time. I think I think my um, around the Six Nations was I, I was playing my best. I, well, I felt fit. I felt at my fittest, strongest, you know, and and uh, felt my weaknesses. I suppose if, uh, weren't as noticeable, uh, so to speak. Um, so I, I, I definitely thought I was ready for the Six Nations, and I uh, I was really I really enjoyed uh, getting back out there and playing. Um, so it was un- it was unlucky the way uh, the way things fell. I think no one could have foreseen it, but uh, but I, was, I definitely was enjoying my rugby at the tail end of the season. And on the back of of um, the World Cup, then I suppose look, getting that news naturally, you're obviously upset. Uh, you're obviously down and and upset. Um, did you take some time away from? From, from social media and from rugby to just kind of re- reset? Yeah, you know, you, you don't really have time to... I, th- I mean, maybe you can try with social media, but it was just... The season was just... Had to go... Had to had to kick on anyway. So you 
it might it may have been and it was quite disappointing not to get selected but it went from like that to straight away in training you had to go you'd, you'd game the next week uh while everyone's flying out or whatever and yeah it wasn't a wasn't a great time for sure but uh, i got to kind of reset my focus on different things so um a learning curve for sure very good very good so you were back in with connacht and did you that was the pro 14 i suppose you had a few pro 14 games then was it yeah. was a pre-season yeah no it was uh the season was kicking off basically okay. yeah perfect perfect and um i suppose look when the world cup was on um was there was there any pro 14 games on at the time i can't even remember no <laughs> yeah, I know there was there. There was yes, there was. There, I can't remember exactly which games were on. I'm think I'm pretty sure we played Ospreys. Oh no, we played Scarlets over there. Um, I think we played Ospreys as well, but I'm not sure was that just after. And uh, yeah, the like the the Pro 14 just went on as normal, you know. So players had been missing, were missing certain good players from. Uh, as a result of uh, World Cup selections, and it was an opportunity for club players to step up, and a lot of players did step up. There were some some pretty good performances from guys. Um, yeah. Up and up to that point, I suppose, and look even up to recently, um, you you alluded to uh, you know setbacks you have you've had throughout your career, and look, every pro has them. Um, it's, it's all about sports perspective and using it to your Taking the positives from it, how do you feel? I know you obviously, you, you know, we kind of touched it. You did feel upset, um, but the Pro 14 kind of allowed you to kind of start working on things again straight away, did it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you, you kind of had to as a thing as well. Um, and I was lucky that, you know, we've such a good competition in Connacht for second rows. Like the guys were playing really, really well. And I was, I suppose, I was pushed out of some some squads that that was naturally gonna, you know, drive you, and it it made things hard. But it's it's great to have that competition because it really brings the best out of players. And and uh, luckily, I think I, I started playing well enough to to earn myself a, a shot in the Six Nations. So so it, it's it's good to be able to to train at a high quality like that. Um, before we go on to, to 2020, you know, um, just up to before the coronavirus, look over your career. Um, look, you you started off at Chile, um, you're in with, you're in with Ireland. You obviously came across different groups, different teams, different group dynamics. Um, how, from your opinion, your perspective, how important is a positive team culture? Uh, yeah, it's. In a team sport, it, it does make it makes a big difference because it's just you you appreciate the people around you a bit more when 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 the, when that's the drive. But uh, like you're you you're playing for each other. It's kind of it, it, there's no other way to describe how playing for a team you enjoy, how how different you you can play for for a team you enjoy compared to a team you don't. It's just like you just do you'll just do more for each other, and it's 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 huge. And it's great to be able to get on so well off the pitch as well, you know. So, um, yeah, again, quite lucky that uh, Connacht have, all, have always had such such good guys that, that, that got on so well with each other with 
our genuine friends off the off the pitch and I mean loads of the guys holiday together and like keep in contact loads of lads are retired and stuff so it's just uh it's been it's been a, it's been a, a good ride so far that's good that's good um and I suppose look up and up until the the current coronavirus pandemic put a halt to everything um things in you know 2020 was definitely going well for you six nations do you feel that yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely felt confident going going into it, um, and it was such a good buzz in, in camp as well. And I suppose it was a fresh kind of a fresh look on things, and uh, everyone just brought such a good mindset to to the Six Nations. There was some pretty good performance gone in from from us up until the, the England game, you know. So <clears throat> things were looking really positive, and uh, I was lucky to get to get a cap against England. So um, yeah, I was definitely in a good place up until uh, disaster struck. And what's the, the current situation around um, rugby in Ireland? What's the outlook for the remainder of the year? Hoping the coronavirus yes. will stay away. So, so as it stands, we're looking to replay, or not to replay, but to um, finish off the season by playing two of the Interpro games that are left uh, at the end of the next month. Uh, the, 23rd of August in the week after and then I think we're back into the preseason for a few weeks four or five weeks and then the season will kick off and I think at the same time we could be looking at international games uh, playing the string of the repeat games or games that haven't been played and so on so it could be it's definitely going to be a strange season but uh, it's what kind of needs to happen so yeah exactly yeah. exactly it's a uh... And like, I suppose one, one fascinating statistic I came across, um, and Jesus, maybe it just shows that you're, you're pushing on a small bit, but uh, <laughs> you have 95 appearances for Connacht Notes. Hard to believe, I say, is it? It's weird, yeah. Yeah, very strange. I suppose it's, you play like 20, close to 20 games a season for, for them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. It's, uh, it's definitely strange. I think I probably would have played more if I wasn't if I hadn't been in camp. I'd probably be over a hundred by now. But uh, or I suppose if I wasn't injured. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's weird when you say that. I've uh, played that much. Um, <laughs> just, flies, I suppose. Yeah, it's like it flies when you're having fun. And look, you look today. You have. I think I could be wrong here. Um, but you have fourteen caps in the green jersey. Um, still very young, big future ahead, plenty more years ahead. How's the journey been so far, and are you are you looking forward to the challenges ahead? Well, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I've loved, I love, I've loved so much of, uh, of, of what I've experienced. Uh, I suppose as, as, as you know by now. Um, but yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to kind of reset goals every season. There's always new things that that could happen, and uh, and it kind of do, it does make you look forward to certainly me make me look forward to to what's to come. So, uh, so I've got fresh goals, and hopefully, um, hopefully I can achieve them in in, in maybe this year or the next. So, um, yeah, I'm always looking forward to 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 new challenges. One thing I I often ask um, my guests um, is how. As a professional athlete, and even with, with other athletes I've spoken to, how do you 
do time management. I know it's easy to write down things, um, but it's even easier to skip them, you know, to skip over tasks to do each day. Um, and one thing I do notice and I have noticed is that rugby players in general seem to be very, very good at time management. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're if I'm the best person to even ask that because <laughs> I've I have a history of not being the best at certain things, but uh I suppose I can understand what you mean because everything we do is structured. Every like every every training week is structured. You're you're in at this time, you're up at this time consistently. You like that's the kind of way that's the kind of way it works. So that's why when we have time off, like a week or off or, or summer break, it kinda Everything's a bit strange for everyone because we don't have to be here. We want to X, Y, and Z at certain times. So that I suppose that might be why in that regard uh, you could say that uh, <laughs> again in, in saying that everyone's different. I've certainly had my share of slip-ups for for time management, um, but uh, but I've definitely gotten better over the years. So uh, so hopefully that can play. Uh, hopefully that can play to my benefit this season. Very good, very good. Um, I suppose it's about look prioritizing things and just being honest with yourself as well. Um, sorry if I put yeah. you on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Um, look, without giving away too many secrets, um, what is your own pre and post game routine? Pre game routine, I'd I'd uh, I just try to make sure to eat the. I'm just trying to make sure to eat enough food. And, and and stay hydrated because you need to drink a lot. You need to drink a lot of water uh, naturally for what you're about to do. Like and uh, and the more carbs you can intake. I I know loads of different players can, can be can have different routines like that, but I I would like to eat a lot a lot of carbs. Um, just because it's that it's that fuel source when 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 the engine's kind of being pushed its limits. That's what that's what you tap into. So uh, otherwise for pregame. That'd be more pre-game nutrition, I suppose, to, to answer that, even though you didn't even ask that. Um, but pre-game, I suppose I'd have to have just, I listen to the same music. I listen to like rock music just before game. I listen to different genres earlier than that again. Um, and I'd have to do that every day. If I didn't, if, like if I didn't have my headphones around game time, it'd be, it'd definitely be very strange for me to have to hit the pitch because it, it definitely gets me quite pumped. So uh, that has to be there for every, for every game. Post game, post game, it kind of varies because, uh, like, if we've travelled away and different things, you know, that changes for, 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 for the different uh, places we're staying. But if I had to be in Galway post game, it's nice to have like a pizza after the game, because uh, Galway's got some nice pizza. So maybe go head to Dobro's or, or even have a nice, uh, you know, gourmet burger. Uh, that that doesn't go down too bad either. So, <laughs> yeah, that's about it for me. Um, look, we'll, we'll wrap it up now. Um, but before I go, what advice would you give to to younger people um, from what you've been through so far in your career? Um, I suppose if if it's aimed at, at, at young guys trying to be professional in the sport, it's just if it's anything like rugby, it's 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 definitely it's achievable if you're working hard enough. It's really cliche to say, but it, it definitely is. It definitely is certainly if you if you work at at the basics of, of whatever sport you're you're doing if you, if you if you drill that kind of stuff if you if you listen to your parents about what kind of nice foods to what what kind of healthy foods to eat 
they'll they'll always they'll always know more than you t- when you're younger like so uh so it's definitely it shouldn't be overset to to listen to them and uh and then if you're close or again to the professional stage or you're very you're very skilled or whatever then you got to be ready for um in rugby you got to be ready for uh for the luck element to it because it's going to it, it does have a part to play for sure i've certainly feel that i feel like that um uh but again if you're if you're as committed and you're and you're really driven you you can make your own luck so <laughs> so uh, yeah Look, on, on that note, um, I'll leave you at it because I'm after taking up enough of your time. That is all. Look, thanks for having me, Jamie. No, well, look, Alden, thanks a million for, for taking time out and coming on an Inside View podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Alton Delane, an absolute gentleman. Look, we're delighted to see him back in the Irish setup. Um, and look, he put in some very strong performances for Connacht before lockdown for the hall to proceedings a couple of months ago. Special thanks uh, to Alton for coming on and best look going forward from everyone here on Inside View Podcast. That is all from us this week. Please do get in contact with the show if you have any stories from being part of a team, whether it's a sports team or a corporate team, look, please do let us know. Don't worry, everything will be kept confidential. Don't forget to rate, review, tell your family, friends, whoever you may know about this podcast. Um, just that one recommendation, you know, to, to your friends or colleagues to, to have a listen to this podcast would be really, really appreciated um, if you want to keep in contact with us and see what, what we're doing on a day-to-day basis uh, you can find us on all social media channels on Instagram it's at underscore on the ball team building over on Facebook it's on the ball team building and on Twitter you'll find us at we are on the ball too that is a digit too Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week where we have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe and remember, cred on a fan. Talk to you all soon.